is real And the Lord said to Moses, rise up and teach all the people Tell them that this is your wisdom in the sight of the heathen And the Lord gave two tablets, right laws to govern the people But they were so damn evil, rebellious, stiff-necked people Captivity, aka ship slavery. We were not hawking, no, we were not here. We were not listening, no, we were not fear. We was the righteous and we was the kings. We was the priests. Welcome to the Forefront Radio. I'm your host, Afiel Levi. At this time, we're going to have a great discussion today discussing bridging the divide, exploring the political polarization among Black Americans and Black immigrants in the United States. In recent years, a growing phenomenon has emerged within Black communities in the United States, highlighting a political polarization between foundational Black Americans and Black immigrants. This divide, often manifested in heated online debates, raises important questions about the experiences, perspectives, and political affiliations of these two distinct groups. While acknowledging the historical differences and varied routes by which Black individuals arrived in the Americas, it is crucial to recognize the contributions made by both in the struggle for the abolition of slavery globally. Today's guest is the host and producer of podcasts, an insightful show available on YouTube, bridging the gap between the Black diaspora. Thank you for joining the Forefront Radio. Tell us about your podcast, E. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am honored to be a part of your podcast. Uh, all the podcasts that I've heard you uh, speak on, um, I'm very impressed and I feel honored to, to be a part of it. Um, I'm E, um, the founder of the Dia Bridge. Um, Dia Bridge was founded at the beginning of this year um, in order to bridge the gap from diaspora. As the name suggests, it's Dia Bridge, and uh, my goal is to bridge the gap because we're stronger together than apart. Um, there's uh, so many Black people all over the world. Um, we all come from Africa, and um, we were spread to the four corners of the earth, actually the tribes of Israel. And so, you know, in the word, it does say that we won't even know who we are. And there's a great awakening um, of just realizing who we are. It just seems like everything is getting unraveled. And so I am just so glad that um, to start this, and I feel like it's, this was much needed to bridge the gap um, because, it's, because we are um, definitely strong, stronger together than apart. And, um, you know, that is my goal of the podcast, to just make awareness and to provide safe place of unity for the podcast. How many subscribers do you have? What year did it start? Um, any note, noteworthy episodes you'd like to talk about briefly? So I started at the beginning of the year. Um, it, I posted a couple times in the beginning, and I went on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, one of the other things that I do is film production. and um, my time has been lent to some of my other endeavors, but now I'm picking it up. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. So we're in the last quarter of the year. I will be picking back up. Right now, there's only about 
50 subscribers um, so far, but it's called The Diet Bridge, and I have a couple couple episodes, and I'm about to get, get it cranked back up. All righty, jumping right into the topic of the discussion, we're going to get into some of the historical context. When examining the African Hebraic diaspora, the key word of diaspora is dispersed, kind of like the, the title. Um, when you look at the book of Zephaniah chapter 3, verse, uh, let's see here, verse 10, it says this, right? It says, from beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliance, even the daughter of my dispersed, dispersed, dispersed. The word dispersed is the same word as diaspora. Even the daughter of my dispersed shall bring an offering. Then when you jump down to verse 13, it says, The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity nor speak lies. Verse 12 says, I will also live in the midst of thee an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. This shows us that we have a combined ancestry. So to give some historical context, it is essential to note that a larger percentage of enslaved Israelites were sent to the Caribbean islands, Central America, and South America, as opposed to only in the United States. These differing historical paths have impacted the cultural and social experiences of Black individuals in distinct societies, eventually influencing political outlooks and values among Black Americans and Black immigrants. What is some history that you're familiar with in culture about the Black diaspora? Good question. We were spread to the four corners of the earth, South America. Like, I, I think the most African people besides Africa exist in, in Brazil. So you, you see a lot of them over there, all through the Caribbean, all through the Caribbean nation. My parents were, were, were from Haiti, and they, they, um, you know, they were sent by the French to Hispaniola, which, which is now current-day Haiti, and that whole island, Dominican Republic. And so we were spread all over. I mean, even when you look at some of the other islands, like even Hawaii, I mean, like you look at some of the original people, they are dark-skinned people. And so um, I know very well that we were spread to the four corners of ours, especially all through the Americas, definitely what it is. And it's interesting on the global perspective, because although... Some people think that we're separate groups. We actually are 12 tribes scattered worldwide, as you're saying. The global African diaspora is a worldwide collection of not only native indigenous that they call Africans or the people of Africa, but also predominantly in the Americas and all over the world. So you got natives that's in West, Central Africa that were enslaved, taken on ships, brought to the Americas in the Atlantic slave trade between the uh, 16th and 17th centuries. You mentioned also Brazil, you mentioned Haiti, North Africa. But what some people forget also, there was a scattering that happened, a diaspora that happened with the populations that we know of as Afro-Arabic, slavery that happened during the Trans-Saharan slave trade, slavery in places like Brazil, Haiti, France, the United States, Colombia, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, UK, Jamaica, Mexico, Spain, Canada, Italy, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Ecuador, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Germany. There's so many 
You know, the dispersal of our ancestors and our people groups through the transatlantic slave trade, the trans-Saharan slave trade, the East Pacific uh, Pacific uh, slave trade and the India Ocean slave trades has to be documented. It has to be exposed because they've divided us in various religions, various political persuasions, you know what I mean? So it's very uh, interesting Absolutely. now. There's a movement of people trying to politicize and polarize these different groups. And instead of trying to unite them, these individuals are pushing a narrative to keep them uh, separate. So in recent years, social media platforms having become a virtual battleground where disagreements, tensions, outright bickering has been going on between what has been called, quote unquote, foundational black Americans and black immigrants. And this has been prominently displayed all over the internet. These online exchanges often touch upon issues such as African-American identity, racial justice, affirmative action, and political representation. It is important to recognize that while these discussions can be valuable in promoting dialogue, they also frequently descend into unproductive bickering, fighting, name-calling, swearing, and obscuring important opportunities for mutual understanding. So based on your thoughts, E, what has been your observations of the frequent negative exchanges between Black Americans and Black immigrants in the Americas? Before I address that, I actually want to address, just, just to say that division amongst Black people all over the world is one of the biggest businesses all over the world. It's an identity issue where it has, whether it affects the education, you know, our education, media, every facet of our existence or of society is, is, um, is affected by division because through division, we are going to be weaker. We're going to be weaker. For example, what I mean by that is like, let's just say media, right? Media is not controlled by Black people. So when you're watching television, you're going to see images of people who, uh, of, when you're watching Black people on television, they're never going to show them in a good light. The, the family is attacked. Families is definitely um, going to be attacked because they were the strong family, the strong family bond that God has put together. If you divide the, the, the strongest bond that exists in humanity is called family, then, then you can break up those people and you can play with their minds and you can weaken. So the whole point is to weaken uh, all the black people, so they're they're ineffective, and so you they can be controlled, and and, and so I, I just wanted to first um, address like this is probably the biggest business is black division and black divisiveness all over the world because they know very well that if that does not happen then the reality that we, we see today is going to be much different. So, so with that being said, you know, you have um, some, some individuals um, that are African-American and 
like some of the people here in the United States that, you know, I, I love, I love every, you know, even though my background, um, my parents come from the Caribbean, but I feel like we're all the same people. We're all the same people, you know, whether it be African-American, Caribbean, African. But I've seen some like well-known individuals that, you know, prior to, let's say about five years ago, pushing, you know, like, you know, maybe documentaries on, on, on certain things like, um, you know, just to try to, you know, uh, educate black people unify just kind of took a turn and said hey you know we're not only going to call we're not going to call ourselves african-american or black american we're going to say we're fba like foundational black american and so i i've seen some some bickering on podcasts on clubhouse um with with this whole movement this whole movement i don't think it is wrong to identify yourself as a foundational Black American. I identify myself as like from the, the culture that I grew up in. So there, there's really nothing wrong with that. But to, to, to create that, to cause division, you're actually doing the same work as the colonizers. So you're actually an agent for them. And it almost makes me curious to see like, I wonder if this individual is getting paid by the same powers that are used to divide all over the world, to divide us. I think a lot of this has come up with the talk of reparations. I understand that if reparations do come, then the ones who felt like they built this land, like the United States, are, should be privy and should be the ones that, that get the spoils of the reparations. I understand that. So to, 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 like, to identify as, as like FBA, I, I get it. But I feel like the conversations have been so polarizing. So polarizing. Um, one of the individuals that, that have, has been a big proponent of this movement, he he actually made the argument that when it comes to identifying black, um, he says that whenever there's something bad, you want to say it's black. But then whenever there's something good, like let's just say a Haitian American does something great. They say, well, yeah, a Haitian did it. Or somebody from Ghana did it. It's oh, somebody from Ghana they did this thing. And I guess they, they feel a little, um, they feel a little, um, not exactly sure. I don't know if it's a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of like felt like they are not, they're getting the poor end of the stick. But I just feel like we should come together to, 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 to have some resolve because we're stronger together than apart. But when asked, hey, what is the solution to this problem? What is the solution to this? He says, there is no solution. We want to be divided. And so, yeah, I see that this is a, this is a great issue. And this is a great problem. Yeah, definitely. I agree with those sentiments. The individuals that push this narrative want to keep us in the mindset as if we are separate instead of looking at the common conflicts 
atrocities of European delusionalism that we've all faced in this society and work as a collective to end that, whether it's the abolition of slavery, whether it's neocolonialism, whether it's the discussion on uh, reparations, they forget it was a global slave trade. There weren't just slaves that happened in the Americas. And going back to the FBA versus uh, ADOS and all these other titles, biblically speaking, this is another form of a byword and a proverb, meaning a derogatory terminology that they would use to try to classify us that is completely, utterly unbiblical. It's a social construct. It's made up. They made it out of their heads. When you look at our ancestry, in ancient times, ancestry was not based on geographical location. Ancestry was based on bloodline. Watch this. Deuteronomy 28, verse 37. It says, And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb and a byword, among all nations whither the Lord shall lead thee. So no matter what nation we went to during slavery, our people would be classified under different titles, different designations that are not who they are. Our original forefathers were Abraham, who was a black man, Moses, who was a black man, Jesus the Christ, who was a black man, uh, Jacob, who was a black man. His name was changed to Israel, and he had 12 sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, uh, Benjamin. All these men were our ancestors, biblically, historically. But now and today, we're calling ourselves by geographic location. Oh, you were born in Australia. You're an Australian. Oh, you were born in Haiti. Oh, you're a Haitian. Oh, you were born in Puerto Rico. You're a Port No, those were classifications of titles provided to us by the other nations and some of the influences we had with other nations. So now going into this FBA, that's just a new classification of idiocracy. Why do I say that? Originally, they called us Negro. Then they call us N-I-G-G-E-R. Now they want to be fancy and say, oh, Niger, you're from Niger or Nigeria. <laughs> and we took you from Nigeria and brought you over here to the Americans. Now you African-American. Now you're colored. Now you're Negro, which is a Spanish word for black. So we can't be foundational black Americans because black is a color in a crayon box. That's a social construct. So now touching on the abolition of slavery and the common ground that we have, the impact of black immigrants in establishing the abolition of slavery was worldwide and it cannot be understated. Historically, individuals of African descent, um, really Israelite or Hebraic descent, who settled in countries outside of the United States played crucial roles in the global abolitionist movement. Their struggles and advocacy Efforts contributed significantly to dismantling the institution of slavery in different parts of the world. So recognizing this and discussing these historical contributions can help to foster a deeper understanding and encourage unity among black communities today, or rather Hebrew or Israelite African Hebraic communities of today, because that's who we are. So what contributions have black immigrants, Israelites, made to abolish slavery. What comes to mind first is the Haitian Revolution. And honestly, it's the Haitian Revolution, revolution, revolution. So it's like revolting. Say it's the Haitian War. Revolting is almost like you're revolting against something 
I feel like this was a war, and you're revolting against a system of colonialism, a system of uh, of trying to use and abuse and divide um, the children of Israel. And so um, the you know the Haitian Revolution, the Haitians were uh, successful in in fighting off the French um, for for years. Um, the so-called Napoleon the Great was, uh, you know, was defeated, was defeated in war. And to the point where they expanded all their resources, the French took up all their resources to the point where they had no, nothing else to fight and they had to give up even the United States from the Louisiana Purchase. So, so I think... Um, not more. Uh, furthermore, the Haitian Revolution. You know, Haiti brought soldiers all the way down to South America, bro- broke up the Greater Colombia, which helped free what's now called Venezuela from the Spaniards. And they, I say we, because I have my background is from Haiti. So they sent individuals to what's called Savannah. Um, to fight over there, they're sending troops to um, to different parts to free people up. So I think the Haitian Revolution is the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about abolishing slavery. Because of that, I think the colonial world was was afraid. And they said, you know what, this is going to eventually happen all over. We need to keep this. We need to keep this uh, narrative. This information out of the out of the head of slaves, like in the United States, or else guess what? They're going to do the same exact thing. And so that that was um, a, a great example. I think another good example was like you know what comes to mind is Ethiopia. Ethiopia they they fought off the Italians for a, a long time. And they were able to fight up the Italians, not be colonized. That was a, a great feat on that side of the world in, in Africa. One other example, when you ask that, is the Njuka tribe in South America. The Njuka tribe was um, a group of West Africans that were sent by the Dutch to what's called um, Suriname in South America. With those people, I know it's. Israel that was sent, the parts of Israel that was sent, but they actually escaped and fought off the Dutch um, for years until they had their own settlement, which is now Suriname in South America. So that's that's these are some of the examples of uh, when it comes to mind right offhand of, of, of some of the, 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 the people and the individuals that, that have uh, helped abolish slavery. In the Americas, you know, you have um, individuals that have done some of the uprisings. Some of them successful, and some of them weren't so much. But like when you, when you, when I'm thinking, is like the ones who were successful and and, and and fighting these people off and being successful and defeating them in war. This is what comes to mind. Definitely, and it's important to note these things because that shows you the common ground that. We weren't all just staying docile and allowing ourselves to be harassed and oppressed. There were many rebellions, many 
uh, freedom fights. I don't like the word rebellion or revolution as well. I like freedom fighters. Uh, you know, those that right. gained independence through the knuckle. You understand what I'm saying? Like, one no emancipation exactly. proclamation. If we wasn't going over there trying to get at them and, and end the violent evils that they were doing to us. You see what I'm saying? So you got Stono's Rebellion yeah. that happened, um, which was one of the largest slave revolts ever staged in the 13 colonies. The New York uh, City, quote unquote, conspiracy of 1741, Gabriel's conspiracy in the 1800s. You had the Haitian Revolution in 1791 to 1804. You had the German Coast Uprising in 1811. You know, these different things impacted how our people were delivered out of bondage. You had Nat Turner's Rebellion. Um, Also, what people don't know on the Eastern Hemisphere, they don't know a lot about what was called Zanj Rebellion. Uh, the Zanj Rebellion, and interestingly enough, most people don't know that the word Zanj is a French term, which means angels. So the angels of God, the Israelites, rebelled against their oppression. You've heard the term Anj or Zanj, right? So Zanj is yeah. places like Zanzibar, or uh, what's another one? Uh, you know, Zanzibar, Tanzania, all these areas where Blacks fought against Arabic slavery, where Israelites fought against the wow. oppression of Is, uh, Ishmael, which is the son of another son of Abraham. So let's talk about building bridges. Rather than focusing solely on the factors that divide Black Americans and Black immigrants, it is important and very essential to highlight the shared experiences like we're discussing, the common goals and aspirations that we possess. Both groups face similar challenges rooted in racism, discrimination, and socioeconomic disparities. By emphasizing these shared struggles and working towards solutions that benefit the broader Black community, we can bridge the political polarization that exists within it. Now, I have a couple of scriptures going into the diaspora, and I wanted to touch on it briefly to kind of prove that we are the Israelites for those that are new to the show. If you go to Deuteronomy 28, verse 64, it says this, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 64, and the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth, even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. Was our people scattered or dispersed or placed in a diaspora from one side of the planet to the other side of the planet? You better believe it. So this shows us that we're reading history out of the Bible. We call it history, the Bible calls it prophecy. And we have to awaken our people to the commonality that we're not African-American, that we're not foundational Black, that we're not Black immigrants, that we're not Jamaican and Haitian and all these titles that we've selected over the periods of times of our oppression. But we're actually documented in in this holy writing, in this prophetic book, That's not just a book of religion, but a book of ancestry. So now somebody might say, oh, that's in the Old Testament. That can't be in the New Testament. Well, guess what? It's in the New Testament as well. The Messiah, who is a black man with woolly hair from the tribe of Judah, is documented in Luke chapter 21. I'm going to pull that out real quick. Luke chapter 21, verse 21 through 24. I'm going to touch on it briefly. It says, 
Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains. This is 70 AD when the Romans came and attacked our people. And we fleed out of northeast Africa, Jerusalem. Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things that are written may be fulfilled. So what we just read in Deuteronomy 28, 64 had to be fulfilled. Our people being taken as captives and brought across from one side of the earth to the other. Watch this. Verse 24. And they, referring to the Israelites, the African Hebrews, shall fall by the edge of the sword. What is that? War. And shall be led away captive, and shall be led away captive. What's another word for captive? Enslaved. In bondage. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So the question for the listener is, who was brought into slavery or captivity in all nations? Was it the Chinese? Was it the French? Was it the Dutch? Was it the people that call themselves Polish, Jewish, English? No. The people that were taken captive or enslaved in all nations are the same people that are bickering between Black foundational American and Black immigrants. These are the Israelites the Bible speaks of. I'm going to show you another prophecy in the Old Testament real quick that our forefather had told us was very important for these last days. Watch this. Genesis chapter 49. Jacob said a vital prophecy to his sons. He said this, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, gather yourselves together, gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. So he said, look, in the last days, you're going to be scattered all over the world. You're going to start fighting and bickering amongst yourselves. Okay. You're going to call yourself brother, but you're going to do all type of evil against each other. For example, when you jump down to verse nine, it says, Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, be thou not united. For their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a pit. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob, and scatter them in Israel. So now when you look at the Levitical priests, right? When you look at the different tribes of people groups in Africa, you have those that are called Dominicans and those that are called Haitians. Although they're brothers, they do not dwell in unity. Although they're brothers, those groups are scattered and divided amongst all the other Israelite tribes. So if you wondered why Haitians live amongst African-Americans, Jamaicans, you have Haitians in uh, uh, Miami, uh, uh, New York, Canada, France, Brazil, even now, you know, political unrest is happening and you have this particular island of blacks, the Levite tribe and the Simeon tribe being scattered. Even in Africa, you got people like the Igbo, the Yoruba, Fulani that have been displaced, dispersed, having to flee from their lands due to political tension. You have it in Ethiopia where many of the black Jews that are over there have to flee due to political tensions, due to fighting. So our forefather told us, look, gather yourselves together, 
gathered yourselves together. We are not separate groups. We are united with a common ancestry as Hebrews of the Bible. What are your thoughts on that? Wow, wow, wow. Well, thank you for, uh, you know, making it clear what, what the verses, uh, just giving the supporting verses for that. Um, you know, as you were talking, I'm, I'm, I'm listening and learning myself. Um, it is so apparent that, you know, God put the tape in my mouth to bring and unify children of Israel. And but what I'm listening to you say is like, man, this is a purpose thing. This is all coming together, and and it, it just makes it so clear. Um, you know, the way to divide is to re-identify, take steal your identity. You can't divide people who know who they are. That's where you have all the different countries in Africa. Like, you know, you, this, you're separate from this. You're separate from these people. You know, you have, like you said, Simeon and, 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 and Levi, you know, the Haitians versus the, um, versus the Dominicans. So, so now you can kind of see that. I, I have something to add about this. Um, as far as identity, you know, the powers that be seem like they want to do that even more. Like, for example, uh, since people here are a little confused about who they are, um, they want to re-identify you, give you a fictitious country called Wakanda, and in the process, teach you Google practices, which which really what you're doing is you're serving other gods and gods that the Almighty Elohim told you not to serve, and but they taught you to do these things through a movie, and it's almost like you know the movie is kind of idolized. And I don't even know if you know somebody may even gotten sacrificed through that process. But they've gotten idolized. You know, you talk about Wakanda or you talk about, you know, Black Panther. You're like, wow, you know, that, you know, like, like people will fight you if you say anything against them. Because it's like they created something. They created out of a need for identity. They, they tried to fill it in and people take it personal. And so, you know, like... You talk about um, identity issues, so so that that definitely that definitely um, in the same realm and in, in the same movement. I know it's a little bit different than maybe we we're talking about this whole movement um, amongst our brothers about the FDA and everything, but this is a, a further movement to help divide and conquer and divide and, and to keep us twisted, not knowing who we are. Keep us practicing things that God told us not to practice, and um, so so my what I think is we should um, work to uh, to uh, unite unite the brothers, um, find the commonalities amongst us, 
understand that we are children of the Most High God. We are children of the Most High God. You're not going to, um, you know, like, and when we're unified, there's nothing that you can do to stand against it. It doesn't matter because we know who our father is. We know who our father is. And so, um, it, you know, like when we were running away from the, the from Egypt, you know, God did the impossible. He, he split the Red Sea. He did things that were unheard of. So, so because who we serve the Most High God, and there's 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 nothing who could stand against them. So, um, yeah, I I really enjoyed this this conversation, and I really liked that how you you um, fortified these ideas with 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 um, you fortified these ideas with with backing up scripture. So I, I really appreciate that. All praises to the Most High. I see the Bible as our family history book, and I like the example that you gave of Wakanda because that's another media example of a tactic that's used to provide some sort of pseudo-identity to the people without necessarily providing solutions. And when you th look at the two uh, characters, one was fighting for uh, uh, sovereignty of his nation, but involving the other nations in their uh, affairs, and the other was trying to fight for the oppressed and the political um, disenfranchised and said, to hell with all of them, let's use this vibranium to, to, to get these uh, <laughs> people that's persecuted. I, I totally understand yeah. those two dynamics. And, and they wanted you to root for the good guy while condemning the, the one that was actually fighting for the oppressed, which I found quite interesting. So, you know, to get yeah. into... Yeah. Uh, to get into concluding this, um, understanding the political polarization between foundational Black Americans and Black immigrants entails examining the historical roots that shape their distinct experiences. While acknowledging the divisive nature of these online debates that occur, we must also recognize the contributions made by these Black immigrants as well as the Blacks in America in the global fight against slavery, colonialism, uh, apartheid, Jim Crow, and all these other factors that we share in common against this enslavement and oppression. Rather than remaining divided, it is essential, it is important, it is significant for both groups to unite, like you said, to work towards healing and understanding that their collective strength lies in unity, just that. But we can't unify under Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic, we can't unify under foundational Black American, ADOS, Black immigrant. We can't unify in Muslim and uh, atheists and uh, all these other religious titles. We have to return to our African Hebraic roots, our African Hebraic roots as the Israelites that the Bible speaks of. And with this common goal, by focusing on this shared experience, a foundation can be built for a more inclusive and supportive black community worldwide, not only in America, but worldwide. So uh, E, do you have any closing remarks, uh, concluding uh, thoughts? Please share your podcast, your IG and other social media. How can people reach out to you? Well, I just wanted to say that um, thank you once again. Um, it's been a great conversation. It's been uh, enlightening for me and hopefully the audience 
um, has been enlightened as well. Um, I, I learned and hopefully I was able to teach something. Um, once again, my podcast is on YouTube, The Dia Bridge. Um, I also have uh, Instagram, The Dia Bridge. You can DM me. You can DM me on, on YouTube as well. And, um, you know, my goal from here to the rest of the year and throughout is to unify um, the, the children of Israel. And, and um, you know, anything that ideas that um, anyone has to, to help unify, I'm, I'm open to that conversation. I'm open to that conversation. And, um, you know, I, you know, you will be blessed. Like, as the, 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 the scripture that you're reading, it, it is a blessing to, to be able to do that. So, um, you know, like I said, once again, I, I appreciate the conversation and just visit me um, on my podcast. And um, hopefully you'll invite me once again and we can, we can dialogue once again. All praises to the Most High. We appreciate you joining up on the show. So check out his podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is entitled Dia Bridge. And tune into the Forefront Radio for more episodes. Shalom.